All right, well, let's have uh, Pastor Jimmy Wallace come on up, and let's have him bring the word of the Lord to you. I'm going to go back to the teen class today. I've been trying to visit each of the classes and uh, just uh, try to warn the teachers before I do that, just to give them a warning. I forgot last week, <laughs> and uh, but uh, just uh, see how things are going back there, and so pray for the teens as, uh, that I'm not a distraction for them. <laughs> you know, uh, many of you don't know this, me and Jeremy are actually twins. We were we were, uh, he was born when I was nine months old, and, uh, no. Yeah, you know, when you get to be his age with all the, the uh, stress of being a pastor and everything goes along, uh, he seems to be handling it pretty well, but, uh, you know, it, it'll age you. And I'm at the age, I'm going through my second childhood, and so uh, life's good for me, you know. I just uh, get to preach now and then, and I get to, I've always been a people person. Amen? If you're not a people person, you ought to try it out. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, if you don't like people, you're going to have a, find a hard time getting along in this world. Amen? A lot of people have hang-ups uh, with maybe, I don't know, maybe someone did them wrong sometime or another. I don't know how you can get through life without somebody doing you wrong. But uh, you just got to forgive and forget and move on and just uh, look for the good in people. Amen? This, this, is, this is not what the message is about, but always try to find something good. And somebody else. If you look hard enough, you can find it. Amen? And you'll be a lot happier person. Uh, you see a little bad, shove it aside. Forget about it. Amen? And look for the good. Because everybody's got some good in them. Especially every Christian. I've never met a Christian I didn't like. Amen? And uh, especially Christians. I love Christians. They... Uh, they, they have to act like they love you, too. Amen? And uh, because, you know, that's the requirement. Uh, Jesus taught us to love one another. Amen? So uh, I, I like being a Christian. I like being around Christians and uh, children of God. And uh, it's just a, a great life. <clears throat> I... <I'm, clears throat> I preached last week. I guess last week. Did I preached last week before last on grace. Anybody remember? Was anybody listening? Everybody's going up and down like this. I guess so. Uh, I, I I believe with all my heart <clears throat> that grace is the most important thing in our life. Uh, if you get ornery every once in a while, that's okay. Uh, just don't let go of your grace. Amen? If you're not a Bible scholar, uh, that's all right. Just keep the grace of God in your heart. Uh, if you're not a people person, uh, you know, the older you get, the more picky you get, who you like and who you don't like. And uh, if you... Sometimes you just don't like anybody, just leave me alone, you know. But uh, 
just don't let go of grace. Grace becomes more and more important to me uh, the older I get. Because it takes more grace as we get older. Is that just me or, or that's for all of us, isn't it? We, we need more of the grace of God. And we can hold on to it. Well, uh, I, I want to, starting tonight, give you some things that, to think about that will keep you from having the grace you need. That uh, causes a lack of grace in your life. You ever wonder how two people have the same problem? One of them just uh, deals with it and goes on. The other one, it just kind of messes up their life for a while. Ever wondered that? How do you deal with problems? Well, I tell you, as Christians, just one way you can, and that's by the grace of God. You deal with, I'm still dealing with uh, the death of my wife. And, uh, but I'm still going. I'm still going forward. Uh, I, I want to see her again someday. But I'm not rushing it. Amen. Uh, it's just, God gives us the grace for times like that. And uh, me and my daughter's going to a grief class uh, every Thursday. I think it's every Thursday, maybe every other Thursday. Uh, but I know we're going, I remember that part. We are going to a, gr a grief class. And people just, uh, and it helps just talking to them and seeing other people that have lost someone and many of them are spouses, you know. And uh, it's just a good, a good thing. But something beats all that is just the grace of God. With the grace of God, you can handle anything. You can handle other people, even if they're your spouses. Amen? How many have been married over 50 years? Let's see your hands here. Look at there. How'd you do it? I was married 55 years before my wife went home to be with the Lord. We were both teeny, teeny boppers when we got married. I, I, uh, nobody thought it would last, and uh, way too young, 18, 19 years old. And, uh, but we were Christians. We had somebody help us, amen? And uh, I, I believe the grace of God has been with me all throughout my life. I've seen it work. If you'd pay attention to your life and yourself and the Holy Spirit, you'd realize the grace of God is working in your life every day. Every day, the grace of God is working. Well, starting tonight, I want to give you some things that will work against, I'm trying to put it as kindly as I can, will work against the grace of God if you're not careful. There's things that, uh, that just, God's grace is against those things that try to raise up their head in your life. 
And you're not going to like the first one because I guarantee you we have 100% of us that have a problem with this first one I'm going to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm just going to try to take one per Sunday night. But if we're going to have the grace of God, what we've got to do, we've got to get rid of the rubbish in our life. The things that work against God's grace. The things that keep us from enjoying God's grace. And God's grace growing in our life and being effective. Uh, because life itself works against the grace of God. We, we all, our grace is tried by life. And by all that comes our way. The smallest thing up to the biggest thing. It attacks our, the grace of God working in our life. <clears throat> well, I believe the first one, I'm, I'm, this first thing that came to my mind when I thought about this, uh, if we can get rid of the rubbish, the things that work in our life uh, against God's grace, I think God's grace can grow a lot more. It doesn't have to be that you struggle with God's grace. <clears throat> and that other things you say, I'd have more grace, but you know, I've got this person. I married him so many years ago. and uh, Or I've got this guy at work. Boy, he really tries my grace. I've got this neighbor. I wish he'd sell his house and move off. Boy, I tell you what, it takes a lot of grace to deal with him. But... Grace is what we need. And I'm going to tell you why. The only reason that you don't have more grace <clears throat> is because some of these things I'm going to talk about get in your way and affect you. And the one thing I'm going to talk about tonight is pride. Why do people get offended? Have you ever offended someone? I'm good at it. <laughs> I don't even have to try to offend people. You know, I don't know what it is. I just uh, say the wrong thing. <clears throat> I can even look the wrong way or look at somebody smiling and say, what you smiling about? <laughs> you know. Some people are like that. They're just easily offended, you know. <clears throat> but uh, pride is uh, the one reason that people get offended. And we all struggle with it. Uh, you may sit there and say, well, I'm just one thing I have trouble with pride about. I'm just proud I'm so humble. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, well, you just lost it there. Amen. Uh, we all have times that pride gets in our way. And pride sure gets the way of having the grace of God that we need whenever we need it and whenever we benefit uh, we can benefit it's always there for us uh, <clears throat> the definition of grace that I've heard for years and it's not original with me I wish I could say that but it's not supposed to lie in the pulpit but uh, I wish I'm trying to make you think I'm really smart but I'm not but I've learned a lot in my life amen Definition of grace is God giving me the desire and the power to do His will. Are you writing that down? 
I, first time I heard that, I, I, I wrote it down. Grace is God giving me the desire and the power to do His will. Amen? That's what we need. We need to always have a desire. And if we have desire, God will give us the power or the ability to do His will. Well, you know that's scriptural. Um, Philippians 2.13 is where this definition comes from. For it is God which worketh in you to do, to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's to will, that's the desire, and to do, that's the power to do, of his good pleasure. That's perfect, isn't it? You don't even have to do that on your own. But uh, that's grace. That's the grace of God when you're handling things and you're handling life and you're handling uh, your relationships and you're handling your children and your grandchildren and your nieces and nephews and your neighbors and you're not always getting bent out of shape. Do you ever get bent out of shape? That's pretty painful. And uh, you usually... Older we get, you know, the less we bend <laughs> very well, amen? It's not very comfortable. But emotionally, we can get bent out of shape. Some people, it doesn't take much. You can smile and say, good morning. And they look at you and they say, what do you mean by that? Some people are offended at anything, amen? Uh, but it's God. That's working on us to will, make us willing and able to do of his good pleasure. And we'll enjoy it, we'll enjoy life when we do that. But the thing gets in the way is pride. Pride says, I can serve God on my terms without his help. After all, I've been saved so many years. I've heard it all, I've seen it all, I've done it all. And uh, I don't really need anything. Even with my pride, I can handle it. I can keep it under control. My temper, I can keep under control. But be careful when you say things like that because the devil's listening. Did you know he? that's where he loves to hit you, right where you, what you're proud of the most? You ever get your props knocked out from under you? When you think things are going pretty good, you think you about got it all together, you think you about got your marriage uh, um, just about right, and and uh, you, I, 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 we spent 55 years, and I think we just about got everything perfect in our marriage. My wife came up with the idea when we was just young married people. She said, you know, people have arguments when they make decisions together. She said, here's what we'll do. You make all the big decisions. And I'll make all the little decisions. And you know, those 55 years, we had very few little, little problems. And as far as I can remember, not any big decisions. She said they were all little decisions, so she got to make them. You're, you're not with me tonight. I've got to explain it to you. Did you have a long nap? 
Okay. Um, that's, that's when you have problems in it, when you're making a decision together. I thought it was a pretty good idea, but I didn't know it was going to work out like it did. Um, but it still worked out all right. But pride is our problem. Prompts, uh, pride says, I can serve God uh, with, on my own terms. And uh, pride wants all the credit and all the glory. Uh, and then pride brings shame and a lack of success. Do you ever dis- discourage whenever you, uh, you know you failed at something? Uh, <clears throat> you, you get full of shame. Uh, and that just keeps, robs you of your confidence. And uh, you feel like you can't do anything right. And it sets you up for more failure. Uh, that's what pride does for you. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. So much better to live a life of a lowly person. Did you, did you know it's hard to hurt somebody's feelings that's lowly? That's humble? But a proud person, you can look at them sideways and, and they... Get their feelings hurt. Pride's a real problem. But lowliness gives you wisdom. Why is that? Well, you know, whenever you... Lowliness is just not getting so wrapped up in yourself. That's all you deal with. That's all you can think about is yourself. And solving your own problems and fixing your own life and... And whenever you give that to the Lord, and you say, Lord, I'm just going to give my life to you. You take care of all this. It takes a load off. Life gets a lot easier. Because you're not bothered by everything. Not worried by the bills. Oh, God's going to take care of that. Not worried by the family. That's all right. We're in it for the long haul. Amen? God will work it out. It's good to have that kind of faith in it. God wants to be involved that way in your life. But pride says, well, I've got, to, I've got to fix this problem. I've got to fix that problem. I've got to straighten this person out. Uh, I, I, I've got to fix this, this problem or that problem. And we're always Mr. Fix-It. But I've learned a lot of things you can't fix. We have to give it to the Lord. And the Lord can fix a lot of things. And the best way to fix a lot of things is just leave them alone. You ever get a sore? Something's trying to get well? And you keep picking at it? I'm, I'm kind of a country guy now. You know what I'm talking about. And before you know it, you've picked the scab off. And now it's got to get well again. That's why a lot of our problems is. Grace allows us to live with our problems without us feeling like we've got to fix every little thing. We've got to get everybody straightened out, everybody on the right track. Uh, But with pride cometh shame. And with the lowly, the laid back lowly, is wisdom. 
Why is that? If you're not always trying to fix everything, it'll come to you. If you'll just relax, not be uptight, don't constantly be thinking about it, all of a sudden the answer will come to you. And you'll say, thank you, Lord. That's what we'll do. You've experienced that, haven't you? Don't, don't, don't take it to bed. Don't, don't dream about it. Don't uh, fret about it. You, you, it's not all up to you. We've got a God in heaven. Amen? He loves us very much. He has a very productive hand in your life and in your business. If he didn't, you'd be in trouble real quick. And I would too. Pride is feeling like you've just got to uh, handle everything. But it brings shame and a lack of success. The more we try to fix it, the worse it gets. Number three, the only way to win over our pride is to hate it. Oh, well, I was always taught I, you don't hate anything. No, you're not supposed to hate people. You're supposed to love people and hate those things in your life that uh, are non-productive. And I don't know anything more non-productive than pride. What, what does it matter if you have pride in your life? If you've got to always be right, if you've got to always feel like everybody respects you and everybody looks up to you and everybody thinks you're great and uh, your opinion of yourself is basically determined by what everybody else thinks. That's a hard way to live, folks. You know why? Because I learned I can't please everybody. There's always going to be something somebody doesn't like about me. So I say, have at it. Don't try to sleep in your misery or what you don't like about me. I, I'm doing fine. Amen? Uh, nobody can fix everything about you. You can't fix everything about you. Uh, <clears throat> So the only way to win over pride is just hate the pride itself. When you see pride raising its ugly head in your, uh, in your life, hate it. Well, it's no good for you. It's just going to make you miserable. It's going to make you cantankerous. It's going to make you always want to lat, uh, lash out to someone else. And the biggest thing, you're not going to have the grace of God. Working in your life like you ought to. And you're going to have a struggle your whole life with things you shouldn't have to be struggling with if you didn't have so much pride. Amen? Am I getting through to you? Are you getting it? Your struggle is your pride. Your pride is what's offended. Amen? Most time... People get their feelings hurt over the silliest things. Or they get upset about the littlest things. It's pride. Uh, I told my wife how I like the dishes set. She never gets it right. Bugs the fire out of me. You know, nothing ought to bug the fire out of you. Amen? Nothing ought to get your goat. 
Someone said, I can get you gold. I find out where you you tie your gold, I can get you gold. Or if I find out what bugs you, I could bug you. You know the sad thing is? We tell them where our gold is tied all the time. They find out what bugs us. And they, <laughs> they get a kick out of it. Out of bugging us. Why does it bug us? Pride. It's really quiet in here tonight. I don't know if you're not hearing me or if you don't like what you, I'm saying, but pride's not your friend. It'll make you miserable your whole life. You won't be able to be a people person. You won't be able to be uh, a good witness for Christ. Your family will be torn up all the time because you don't get your way. Why do people have to get their way? Pride. Right? So the only way uh, to win over pride is just to hate it. Proverbs 8.13 The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance. And he goes on to tell us what evil is. He calls evil, calls pride evil. He said, the rest of the verse is pride and arrogancy and the evil way uh, and the forward way do I hate. Pride is evil. What it says right there in the Bible. Amen. You might look that up. That's Proverbs 8.13. Maybe I didn't get that down right. No, I think it got it all down word for word. Uh, hate evil. And he begins to list them. Pride is at the very top. Did you know pride is evil? Oh, I'm proud to be American. That's different. Amen. That doesn't uh, make you unthoughtful of other people. That ought to make you a better citizen. If you love your country, you love your freedom you have, uh, you'll, you'll treat people better. But uh, the pride I'm talking about is the self-centeredness where we've always got to have everything our way. Number four, pride. I'm, I'm trying to give you a bunch of reasons tonight to want to deal with pride in your life. Because you're not going to have grace when pride rules your life. You're going to suffer a loss of grace. And you're not going to get along with anybody, including yourself, if uh, you don't deal with it. Recognize whenever you're getting upset 99.9% of the time, it's your pride was hurt some way. You didn't get your way. People didn't listen to you. Uh, pride feeds your own conceit. If you have a struggle with pride, you in your mind you're actually thinking, I deserve to have life my way. I deserve, when, anytime you say that word deserve, I deserve, can I help you a little bit here? You know the one thing we deserve? Hell. Amen? 
eternal damnation. Everybody deserves that. And we're not getting it. Why? Because of grace. Amen? We don't deserve anything. You know what? If you just come down off your high horse and realize you don't deserve anything. Well, I didn't know my wife was going to be like this when I married her. Well, she didn't know she was going to be like you either. Amen? What do you do? You adjust. Uh, but if you have conceit in your life, pride feeds on that. Pride becomes more, uh, more uh, self, feel like you're self-deserving. Romans 12, verse 16. Be of the same mind, the Bible teaches us. One toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Conceit. You ever heard somebody say, oh, that person's conceited. I heard that in elementary school. I didn't know what it meant, but it didn't sound very good. They think too highly of themselves. They're all wrapped up in number one. Me, my, myself, and I, us four, and no more. Amen? How many ever heard that? Two, couple of you. Uh, that's what pride says. Pride, it, if it doesn't directly benefit me or help me, well, then I, I don't have time for it. And uh, it feeds our conceit. The more we don't deal with pride, the more conceited we get. Self-centered we get. Number five, pride keeps a man from having an humble spirit. And it will bring him low. When you get on that ride called pride, you're on for a rough ride. It could be a lifelong ride if, if you don't get the victory over it. But it brings you low. Proverbs uh, 29, verse 33, A man's pride will bring him low. Wow, that's what I just said, isn't it? That's right out of the Bible. But honor shall uphold the humble spirit. Hey, we're seeing... A pattern here, aren't we? We're, we're seeing that when we can be proud and lifted up and we'll be low or we can have an humble spirit and it will uphold us. Why? When we have an humble spirit, <clears throat> we don't have to take the whole world on our shoulder. We don't have to fix everything, right every wrong, join every committee that's against everything. Uh, you know, you can live your whole life being miserable if you try to fix everybody else's problems. Amen? We, have a, we live in a sinful world. We live in a broken world. And you're not going to fix everything. You ever say, See something on TV and you say, Ah, oh, I hate that. Or I hate this. 
You ought to hate sin. And let me think for just a minute. What else? Oh, so go, it's okay. Go ahead and hate the devil. That's all right. And besides that, you shouldn't hate anything or anyone. Amen? You're just, you're just miserable whenever you hate things. And most times, people things that people hate is things that they just bothers them some way. It goes against their personality. It goes against uh, their way of thinking or whatever. But they hate it. Why, why do you have to have such strong feelings in your life? Do you have to be full of hate for everything you just don't like? I think you ought to hate sin. <clears throat> Not all sin. To have your attention? Well, pa Pastor, you know, I, I, no, you're supposed to hate the sin in your life. You deal with that, and you got all the hating you can do. Amen? But pride keeps man from having this humble spirit. Man's uh, pride will bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble spirit. Number six, pride keeps us from having uh, commendation of the Lord. Do you know the Lord commends people? He told the devil one day, he said, devil, where you been? He said, I've been walking to and fro in the earth and just kind of checking things out. Well, what do you think? He said, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in all the earth. Does God notice when you grow in grace and your life changes and you're not bitter and you're not hatred and you're always putting yourself in a position where he can bless you and where he's really obligated to bless you because of the choices you've made? Have you considered my servant Job? Oh, and the devil said, well, yeah, you've built a fence around him. I've seen him a lot. Tear that fence down a little bit. Let me at him. He'll curse the day he died. He was born. And sure enough, he uh, let him have Job for a while. But uh, the Lord had a pretty high commendation of Job. You know, he's watching each of our lives just like he watched Job. Nothing gets past the Lord. He's, he sees your life, but he sees more than that. He looks down into your spirit. He looks at what's keeping you from having humility. And what's keeping you from having the grace of God working in your life. And most time it has something to do with pride. And it hurts the Lord to think that he could give you so much grace, which is everybody needs the grace of God. Amen? I don't know of anything the grace of God wouldn't fix or help along the way a lot. Amen? You wouldn't be always torn up and upset and discouraged and worried and 
ready to quit and ready to throw in the towel and all the other bad emotions in life. You just had more of the grace of God. He would mold your life. He'd change your life. <clears throat> you get the commendation of the Lord. Have you considered my servant Job? God sees it all, doesn't he? He sees how we handle life. He notices. Because he can bless us and he wants to bless us. When we're not governed by pride. When we have humility. Number seven, pride keeps you looking on your outward appearance <clears throat> instead of your heart. People can have a beautiful, well-kept, clean, outward appearance and their heart be full of dirt and wickedness. And they'll think it doesn't matter. But it catches up with you. The heart of man is deceitfully, uh, uh, deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We don't even realize what our heart is like most of the time. But it keeps you. Pride keeps you looking good outwardly in your outward appearance instead of your heart. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. Speaking about Saul. God, God knew what Saul was like. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Now we're, we're talking about what uh, God looks at when he wants to give us grace. When he wants to look at your heart. Why? Because the condition of your heart determines how you'll receive the grace when he gives it to you. Oh, if I had a million dollars, someone said, all my problems would go away. No, you'd get a lot more problems. Amen. Money doesn't solve all the problems. Most of our problems come from ourselves. How we think, what we do, our values, how we spend our life. They come from ourselves. Now, my problem is I married the wrong woman. Why did you marry the wrong woman? It's your fault. I married the wrong man. It's your fault. Why did you do it? You know, humility will help you slow down and make the right decisions. I hate pressure salesmen, car salesmen or whatever. All right, this is the price. I can give it to you today and today only. 
You know what I want to say? All right, well, go sell it to somebody else then. It's off the table. I'm gone. There's enough pressure in this life without a pressuring salesman, right? But the devil's a salesman. He's always trying to sell us things. If you, you can have this. You may have to uh, compromise a little bit with the Lord. You may have to work on Sunday. Huh? You may have to dip into your tithes. Do they ever still talk about tithes? Is that, is that a word you, you... Did you know the tithe is the Lord's? I'm just trying to refresh some things today, all right? The tithe is the Lord's, not yours. Who are you robbing from? Robbing from God. Okay, I don't know how that got in there, but I'm moving on. Uh, but pride is the reason for everything. Uh, look, he said to Samuel, "Look, don't look on his outward accounts, his height, his stature." He said, "I've refused him." Uh, the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. What kind of shape is my heart in? You ever ask the Lord that? Well, I know what kind of shape. No, you don't. The heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Nobody. If, well, if I know my own heart, you don't. You don't even know your own heart, much less anybody else's. It's deceitful. It lies to you. It's desperately wicked. But God knows it. Amen? He knows just what you need. To get your heart in good shape. One thing is to deal with pride. So he can give you more grace. Because grace is a fixer. It fixes things including your heart. And your marriage. And your attitude. Uh, boy, grace just fixes so many things. You can put up with so much more if you got grace. Amen? And not get bitter. You don't always have to have a grudge. You got somebody you got a grudge against? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. What do we need to fix it? We need grace. Grace is what it takes, but pride keeps us from fixing it. I'm not going to go and apologize to them. Why? I got pride. I got my pride. I remember I was raised by my stepmother. My real mother was a case. I don't want to take all my dirty laundry out, but <laughs> she was a case. I didn't ever spend any time with her until I was about 12 years old. And I went up to Oklahoma City, spent a month with her. I was a basket case by the time I was a 12-year-old was with her. It takes grace to put up with people. It takes grace to get through life without being driven crazy. Amen? But you can, you can handle it all. 
But haughtiness or pride keeps men from seeing the power of humility. Proverbs 18.12, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. What's that saying? Well, when you see this haughtiness uh, coming, look just a little bit behind them, you'll see destruction coming. You know what the Bible says? Before destruction is haught is a haughtiness. What is haughtiness? Haughtiness is thinking you deserve more than you got. Thinking too high minded of yourself. That leads to destruction. Before and before honor is humility. Well, I want, all I want out of life is just what I deserve. Don't say that. Amen? We all deserve hell, right? Don't give me what I deserve, Lord. I don't want that. Never. Give me grace. I want grace. So, lastly, pride is not of the Father. So it can't give us grace. Pride has nothing to do with the Father. It keeps us from the Father. And it sure can't give us grace. 1 John 2, 15, 16 says, For all that is in the world, this sums it up. Everything you got in this old world is listed right here. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, that's what keeps everything going. You look at every TV commercial you see where they're trying to sell something, they're appealing to the pride of life. Think what you would look like driving this car. Amen? Think what you'd look like with this suit of clothes. They appeal to pride. Pride is a salesman. And the devil uses pride more than anything else. We could live with a, for a, uh, with a lot less if we wasn't so proud. Amen. I don't want anybody else to see me. I don't have any decent clothes. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to church. I, I don't have anything decent to wear. Well, the devil got his way, didn't he? All that's in the world. It all sums, sums up to this. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Pride has nothing to do with the Father. It's one of the biggest enemies between us and the Father. It's, it's, what, it's what causes us to be offended. It's what causes us to be discouraged. And everything else that could be solved by grace, by just keeping grace from us. Amen? Any emotion you have, anything uncomfortable in your life right now can be dealt with by just a little more of the grace of God. Amen? That's what you need. You don't need a new wife. 
You don't need a new husband. You don't need a new church, a new pastor. You don't need new kids. You just need the grace of God. Don't you wish you'd heard this a long time ago? I'm telling you, all you need is the grace of God. All that's standing in the way of that is pride. Well, a lot more than that, but pride is one of the biggest things. Because God resisteth the proud. Don't allow anything to produce pride in your life. It's not worth it. It's the enemy that stands between you and God giving you the grace that you need. The most valuable thing in the Christian's life is grace. Don't miss it. Don't miss out on any of it. Any time you feel uncomfortable or you feel honoriness coming into your life or, or moodiness or, or feeling like you're not happy with life, you're just a little low on the grace of God. You need to come before the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, fill her up. I need more grace. That's what's wrong. Not my wife, not my husband, not my situation. It just needs more grace. And I'm willing to deal with my pride. It's enemy number one that's keeping me from having the grace that I need. Amen? And you know what? It hit every one of us right square in the face. I can look out there today and I can tell you, every one of you that has pride in your life. Only the ones I can see. Because we all have pride in our life. Amen? So deal with it. And uh, it'll take care of the lack of grace in your life. Now, this is only one of about 15 or 20 things that keep us from having God's grace, but it's one of the most important ones. One of the most important ones. Why I dealt with it first. Because we need the grace of God. I believe the older we get, the more we need the grace of God. Amen? And the more temperamental we get, and the more uh, impatient we get they're all little signs that we're running low on grace it's nobody's fault it's not another person it's just you and the Lord you're getting a little low on grace you need to get alone someplace humble yourself before the Lord and just ask for a little bit more grace and you'll make it aren't you glad it's that simple yeah every problem you have is a low on grace problem. Every problem. You name it. It's, no, no. You don't know the person I'm married to. I know the grace of God, of the God that loves you and has everything that you need to make it through life. Amen? And to come out on the winning side. There'd be no suicide if it was full of the grace of God. Amen? There'd be no divorce. There'd be no arguments, no fusses, no misunderstandings. 
You know, you know what a misunderstanding is? It's just another name for an argument. Amen. If we just had a little bit more of the grace of God. Well, what's keeping you from it? Who can tell me? Let's have a little answer. Huh? Well, you, yeah, you are, but what is it I preached about? Pride. Pride is what keeps us from it. But it's good that you're honest. <laughs> Amen. And, and you're right. Because pride is just me. I want everything my way. When I want it. How I want it. And uh, that's it. The, the, the less pride you have, the more flexible you are. The more... The less you care about the little things, that's not going to matter a million years from now out in eternity. Amen? And there's going to be very little that upsets our turnip cart like it does a million years out in eternity. Amen? Next time you start getting upset, just say that. Well, what's this going to matter a million years from now? Amen. <laughs> and you'll start laughing. And you'll start thinking, well, this is silly. Why am I upset? Not going to matter a bit a million years from now. Amen. So it shouldn't matter now. Thank you for coming tonight. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father, I thank you for these dear people. Thank you for the honor of preaching your word. I don't know of anything more uh, greater, a greater need than the grace of God working in our life. It'll change us, it'll mold us, it'll shape us, it'll help us in so many ways. We've got to put a great value on the grace of God and not let anything stand in the way have you given us the grace that we need to make it through life? Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name, for his sake. Amen.